Ghosts, specters, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As at the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations. And why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want. (laughs) Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. Everybody, this episode of History of a Haunting is dedicated to one of my dearest childhood friends, Becky Legamaro. She is actually related to Lizzie Borden. No so, way. Yes, let's get into it. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. That was super fucking morbid. (laughs) It wasn't it? And that little kid was so, like, creepy because it just sounded so happy to be... It's a very, very popular nursery rhyme Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of our generation grew up with, except it sounds like when we were talking a minute ago, except for you. Yeah, it, 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 it gives... It gives a lot of misconceptions. Like, for a small child to be singing it makes you think that it was a small child that did the deed, when in fact she was in her 30s. Okay, okay. And, and plus the numbers never, are I, all off. The numbers are all the off? The numbers are off. <laughs> it's historically inaccurate? It's historically inaccurate. Yeah, I can't abide sure. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um... Yeah, it's it's certainly something my grandmother used to sing it to me when I was little. Wow. All right, the interns, everybody needs to settle down. Quiet so, on set. And in, in case you can't figure it out, this episode we're talking about the Lizzie Porton House in Fall River, Massachusetts. Yes. So the first and last parts of my part I got from all that's interesting.com. Love that site. It's a trove. It is. So early on the morning of August 4th, 1892, the Borden house was alive with activity, though the youngest daughter, Lizzie Borden, slept in. Still to this day, it's alive with activity. (laughs) Foreshadowing. Sorry, go on. The maid, a respectable Irish immigrant by the name of Bridget Sullivan, served breakfast to the family as usual. The eldest Borden daughter, Emma, was away visiting friends. Lizzie Borden was an unmarried 32-year-old Sunday school teacher and she was the last to join her family, coming downstairs after her uncle, John Morse, who had arrived unexpectedly for a visit the day before, left the house. Don't you hate that? (laughs) I hate that. Lizzie decided against eating breakfast. Her father, Andrew, decided to to go to downtown Fall River, Mass., where the family lived, around nine in the morning. It would be the last time he left his home alive. The Bordens were prosperous, and their patriarch served on the boards of several banks while working as a commercial landlord. In her husband's absence, Abby went upstairs to make the bed where Morse had slept the night before. She would leave that room only one more time, looking for fresh pillowcases. Meanwhile, Andrew had returned home. The maid let him in, and Lizzie came downstairs claiming that Mrs. Borden had left the house after receiving a note saying that a friend was sick. 
Lizzie and Emma always referred to Abby, their stepmother, with whom they had an unfriendly relationship, as Mrs. Borden. Her, her father believed the story and retreated to his room where he would remain for only a few minutes before coming back downstairs and settling in on a sofa in the sitting room. The maid, who was not feeling well, went to rest in her room where she fell asleep. According My kind to, of maid. My kind of maid. Oh. I need to take a nap. <laughs> All that breakfast making and window washing. Well, and also she's not been feeling well, so... She's getting her rest. Oh, okay. Um, so the maid went to her room, not feeling well, just to rest, where she fell asleep. According to her testimony during Lizzie's trial, she only awoke when she heard Lizzie screaming that her father was dead. After the screaming, the maid, Sullivan, ran to fetch the doctor and a neighborhood friend of Lizzie's. But the commotion had attracted the attention of neighbors who summoned the police. At this point, Abby's whereabouts were still unknown. Lizzie Borden told the gathering crowd of concerned neighbors the same story she told her father, that her stepmother had received a note asking her to leave the house. Lizzie also mentioned that her parents had been ill in the previous days and that she suspected their milk had been poisoned. Yeah. After returning with a local doctor named Seabury Bowen, Bridget checked in. Bridget checked for Abby upstairs, where she found her limp body lying face down in a pool of her own blood. Yeah. Well, of course her own blood. Would she be laying down in somebody else's blood? <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> I'm a little snarky today. Abby Borden had been struck 19 times with a hatchet. Andrew had been hit 11 times with the same weapon. So not 40 and 41. Correct. Gotcha, okay. One of Andrew's eyes had been cut in half, and his nose had been completely severed from his face. Oh, Jesus friggin' God. Abby's blood was dark and congealed, leaning Brown to believe that she had been killed first. Mm. The county medical examiner, Dr. Dolan, looked at the bodies after Bowen. Later, Dolan would have would have the Borden's stomachs removed and tested. No evidence that the couple had been poisoned was ever found. Because clearly, the axe had killed them. Right? Like, poison was the least of their fucking worries. Right? Another theory I found was in the comments section of an article from the New England Today, Travel Edition. The Bordens were supposedly murdered by Andrew's illegitimate son, William. His identity was hidden from the world. When Andrew announced that he was about to draw up a will, his family panicked and set about on their plans to kill. I have heard about this guy. See, I hadn't. Oh, okay. Lizzie's older sister, Emma, wanted no part in it, so she left to visit a girlfriend in Fairhaven. An uncle, brother to the first Mrs. Borden, who had died in childbirth ten years earlier, and was still close to the family, and a friend to Andrew, was summoned from his home in New Bedford. The crime had to be carried out with the stepmother dying first, taking her greedy family out of the line of inheritance after Andrew would be killed. Dear God. The stepmother had talked to her new husband into getting back the property from his daughters he had given them for an inheritance, along with all rental income accruing to them when he would die. Emma and Lizzie were furious, and the news of his soon-to-be-drawn-up will, which they knew would either minimally include them or exclude them completely, they knew they had to act. The illegitimate son was given a farm in Freetown, and he was sent out of Fall River immediately upon his birth to hide his identity. What the? The farm given to him by his father was an apple orchard, and the lad became very handy at wielding a hatchet. Neighbors would call upon him to put down any animal they had and to butcher them. Ugh. It was noted that he did a very clean job, 
little mess, little blood, etc. This was characterized in the killings of the Bordens. Very little blood, no evidence found of any bloodied clothing. But I don't think... Okay, but... All right, let's pause I mean, I mean, this is a conspiracy theory. Of course, which those, you know, are in every story mm-hmm. like this. But do you... Okay, so say this guy was like a premier animal slaughterer. Do you bash in an animal's head 19, 11 times? Is that how it's done? No. You would think if that was the the, you know... That he, that he would do a clean job or he, he would was do... trying to misdirect. Mm. Oh. I, there's, there's no way to know. There's no way to know. I, I've definitely heard of this guy, but I didn't, I didn't know this part about him, that he was, you know, a executioner to the farmers in Massachusetts <laughs> in the 1800s. Well, here's an interesting addition to that. I love your interesting additions. Go on. Uh, William, he was later found hanging from a tree <laughs> on the grounds of the Taunton State Hospital in the early morning hours shortly after. Shut up! There was no evidence that he had taken his own life, that he was put there by parties unknown. <gasps> Are you see- Okay, wait, okay. So, okay, wait, oh. again, <laughs> this is coming from the comments section. I love this shit when you do this. <laughs> okay, so... He was found hanging, one assumed suicidally, from a tree on the grounds of a state mental hospital. Apparently. (gasps) That's a twist. That's a twist. That's a twist, for sure. Holy crap. But, again, there was no evidence that he had taken his own life. Yeah, see. I listen to enough true crime podcasts and watch... I'm a huge fan of, like... Investigation Discovery and Forensic Files. and it, I'm not going to say anything about anybody that was recently found hanging in their cell, but it's easy to fake a suicide oh, by sure. hanging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're not going there. We're not going to say it, but nobody believes that particular dude I'm alluding to hung himself. Right. Like this guy maybe did or did not. Did or did not. Did or did not. That's a twist. I, God, fuck, I love it when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, the trial of Lizzie Borden lasted 14 days. And of course, it was a media sensation. Of course. Newspaper headlines screamed, Lizzie Borden defense opens. And mm-hmm. reporters from Boston and New York crowded the courtroom day after day. They called it the Great Trial. Oh, wow. Though Lizzie never testified during the trial, she was still the star of the show. At one point, a piece of tissue paper covering the skull of her father fell to the floor. Lizzie caught the sight of the bludgeoned skull and fainted. But presenting the skulls of the murdered Bordens turned out in Lizzie's favor. Her lawyer reasoned that whoever caused such extreme damage must have been covered in blood after the incident. Well, yeah. But Lizzie's clothes were perfectly clean. Mm. This has actually led some to believe that she committed the murders naked. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. Ugh. I've heard that. On June 19th, Lizzie was found not guilty of murdering Andrew and Abby. She and her sister Emma, who inherited their father's estate, bought a house in the fashionable part, fashionable part of Fall River. The sisters lived peacefully at Fall River until 1904, when Lizzie Borden, now calling herself Lizbeth, met an actress named Nance O'Neill. An actress? An actress. Named Nance O'Neill. Nance or Nancy 
Okay. It's, it's spelled N-A-N-C-E. Oh, so right, Nance. Kind of ambiguous there. Kind of. The pair formed a strong bond. Some speculate that they were lovers. I've seen a couple of movies about Lizzie Borden where it does allude to the... Really? That she was a lesbian and that she was actually having a thing with uh, Bridget the Maid. Oh, that, I, I did read a little bit of that. There was a movie with Chloe Sevigny and um, Kristen Stewart oh. that I watched that alluded that they Kristen were... Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. No. Yes. <laughs> Bella herself. Oh. Lesbian. Well, apparently her sister Emma did not approve. Two years later, after Lizzie met em, Nance, Emma moved out of the house they shared. Lizzie Borden lived out the rest of her days in relative quiet and privacy before dying in 1927 at the age of 67. A lifelong spinster. And at that time, she took whatever secrets she knew about the murders with her to the grave. Jesus. So that's... Mm. That's that's where I leave off. That was good, Arch. Good job. Thank you. That was excellent. Wow. Okay. Well, let's get into the hauntings, shall we? Because, obviously, this insane murder, there's going to be hauntings. Mm. Like, that's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, it's going to happen. Um, anyway, speaking of spinsters, do what? you... <laughs> well, you were saying she was unmarried her whole life, and I said lifelong spinster. Mm, mm-hmm. I wasn't saying you're a spinster. No, I am. Except that you are. <laughs> in, in, the, in, the, in the legal definition... <laughs> So the legal definition of a spinster is an unmarried person over the age of 35. Oh, damn. Or a never married person over the age of 35. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's us. All right. High five. Yay. <laughs> clink. Cheers. Clink. <laughs> anyway, so that's my, um, my uh, drop it like it's hot fact. It's <laughs> super sad. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Okay. My sources, I got, I, like, the entire internet. Let me just say, like, can I just right, focus it right. all on the entire fucking internet? And about nine movies on Netflix. <laughs> uh, this is a very famous story. So, what I chose, what I got most of my information from was MetroWestDailyNews.com, Rhode Island Monthly.com, Fringe Paranormal, New England Unsolved, and Lizzie Borden.all.coms. Jesus. Yeah. You did that all in one breath. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I got a lot of my information from. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this is a location suggestion. Um, and it is dedicated to my childhood friend, Becky Legamaro. Yes. She is related to Lizzie Borden. Um, in fact, she just got confirmation that she sent me. She's so adorable. I fucking love this girl. She um, just got confirmation from Ancestry.com oh, that wow. they're related, and she sent it to me. Uh, let's see. She is Becky's sixth cousin, three times removed. Lizzie Borden's sixth great-grandfather is Becky's eighth great-grandfather. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she sent me her Ancestry, and it says... Uh, Lizzie Andrew Borden, and it shows six cousin three times removed, and it it sort of shows all of the the lineage. But wow, I know I think that's pretty crazy. That is pretty weird, <laughs> wild actually. I think that's pretty wild. Um, yeah, so I was pretty excited about that. So this episode is dedicated to Becky, who is also the 
brilliance behind the history of a haunting bingo card. Oh. That was her idea. Nice. She actually also helped me design it and helped me um, pick what we're going to put in bingo squares and stuff like that. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you guys should really check it out. And um, please donate to our Patreon and yes, we will send please. it to you. Thank you. We love you. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get on to it. Okay. Onto it? Into it? Yeah. Let's just fucking get going. (laughs) So now, the home where the murders were committed is currently owned by Leanne Wilbur and Donald Woods, who also now own Maplecroft, which is the house you said where Lizzie and Emma moved after the trial and acquittal. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. And where they stayed until their dying days. Mm Mm-hmm. Or at least where Lizzie stayed. Did, well, did Emma stay there? or did she... Emma Emma left after two years. Oh, she was like, peace out, sister. She's I stuck like, with you long enough. Peace out, lesbians. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Poor lesbians. Um, fun fact about Maplecroft. It is also reported to be haunted. Oh. Which, kind of, duh. Um, and it's actually much more beautiful than this house is, too. Hmm. It is, okay. yeah. So they currently own both locations. Um, now... <laughs> Here are some fun things that you can expect. Because what they did was they turned the Lizzie Borden house into a bed and breakfast. Oh, God. Which, don't snort in derision, we're going. Oh, of course we are. Of course we are. Um, so some fun things that you can expect when you stay at the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast. Now, these are a few of the guests' accounts. Apparently, one man checked in, and he settled into the par- parlor with the rest of the overnight guests, waiting for the night manager to give them a tour and just sort of general guidelines, historic, you know, talk about the history, that kind of thing. So, apparently while the guests introduced themselves, the man noticed the decor of the home. Mm-hmm. And it's got replica period furniture, replica wall coverings. I mean, like, it's very similar to um, Velisca. They've restored it back to the way that it looked right, right, right. during the era. Um, so, the furniture, the wall coverings. The guest himself happened to be sitting next to a flower arrangement in the parlor area okay. that he later found out was made out of human hair. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. The flower arrangement was made out of human hair. Out of human hair. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. There, I have so many questions about such an art piece, mm. but uh, yeah. largely the top two are what the fuck and why. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm really going to ask right now. Um, you and I can talk about all of our different ideas after we record this. Oh, my God. Um, so it is important to note that the furniture is all reproductions. Lizzie Borden's furniture apparently was destroyed in a storage fire shortly after they the girls moved out of the home after hmm. the trial and everything. Interesting. Um, yeah. So even the famous death sofa where Andrew Borden was murdered um, is what experts call an astonishing replica. So it's not the actual... Someone wanted to make it. Look as, yes. Mm-hmm. So the owners actually have taken painstaking efforts to find furniture as close to the pieces that they owned. Um, and, and, and they hired this um, upholsterer, this, this guy in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. to help them do these... Uh, quote, astonishing replicas of all of the furniture in the house, which... That's an amazing commitment to detail. It is, ama- it is an amazing commitment to de- detail, which I think is, ama- is, is, really, um, is really wonderful. 
very similar to, again, Velisca, where, you know, she pulled out the plumbing and the electricity, and, I mean, she restored that back to what, the way it looked in 1912. Wow. I, I, I give a lot of respect to, to folks like that that really want to make it as true and as authentic as mm-hmm. they possibly can. Oh, yeah, for sure. So... Uh, they definitely really play up the creepiness of the place and, and the murders. So they, they capitalize on that, which yeah. of course they're going of to. Of course. Let's be real here. Simply knowing its history is enough to make someone almost want to crawl out of their skin. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Um, so anyway, they were warned, the, the gentleman who realized he was sitting next to human hair flowers... <laughs> They were warned of spectral cats in the home. Cats. Cats, yeah. Spectral cats. Mm-hmm. Ghost cats. Oh, God. You love them. I'm in so much trouble. You are. Archie's on Expedia.com right now looking to book. <laughs> I'll tell you all about the rates in a second. Um, <laughs> anyway, and apparently they also have self-rocking chairs, which that would creep me out. Oh, convenient. Yeah, handy. All right, rock me. <laughs> Except that I think this is just empty chairs that are rocking on there. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were also warned of the occurrence of Andrew Borden strangling ill-behaved guests in the middle of the night. Hell yeah. Apparently he was a very persnickety older gentleman. Um, sort of tight with a buck. And also, you know, he, he was just sort of kind of... What's the word I'm looking for here? Crotchety or... Well, that's how you keep your money. I guess so. I guess so. I guess you're right. I would know. <laughs> when I get money, I don't keep it. <laughs> anyway, um, they also strongly discourage the guests of playing with Ouija boards in the home. That's just a good general rule. Just carry that with you through life. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever you go, don't, if you don't, don't go don't, anywhere. Don't invite that in. Just, no, no, just no, no. don't. Exactly. Um, a guest once stole one from the home, a Ouija board from the home, and returned it later via FedEx with a note that read, please make it stop. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I have a couple of things with this. Uh-oh. Yeah. Just so I'm clear. And I mean, maybe you're, you're hearing this differently than I did, but you, you keep Ouija boards in the home, or guests leave them in the home, and you don't throw them out. Thereby leaving the temptation just lying around to use a Ouija board. And then you ask guests not to use them? <laughs> like, am I high or are they high? Am I wrong here? No. No, I mean, the, they took a Ouija board from the Lizzie Borden house yes. and sent it back via FedEx. Right. Make it stop. Okay, so... So either they provided the Ouija board or another guest came and left the Ouija board there. Either of those scenarios is happening. Yeah. And one, the purveyor of the mm-hmm. estate is right. fucking with people. Right. Or other people are fucking with other people by leaving it there. Yeah. Okay. But either way, the, the Ouija boards are, are known to be there and they're not gotten rid of before somebody can steal it or, and or use it. Right. I just want to make sure that I'm clear because I was like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Scratch, 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 scratch. scratch yeah. my head. I'm like, I don't get it. Anyway, all yeah, right. it's, it's, so, it's weird. Cool, they're high. All right, cool. Okay, yeah. All right, so then um, he said that the guests were then set off to bed with a final warning, which amuses me the most. Uh-oh. No refunds for early departures. <laughs> <laughs> shrewd business people are shrewd. Mm, right. <laughs> is there a shrewd business person cat meme? Because I feel like there should be. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sh- I feel like there should be. 
If you find one, post it on this. Oh, fuck yeah. Or, you know what? We can just go to memegenerator.com and make our own. Make our own, that's true. Or, if any listener wants to, go to Meme yeah. Generator and send it to us. We'll totally post it and give you all the credit and dedicate an episode to you. <laughs> oh, God. So, sorry. Wow. Wine glass hit the... Hit the mic. Hit the mic. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> So apparently this guy was staying in the Lizzie suite, which was Lizzie Borden's actual bedroom, where her sister's room adjoined to it. I guess he tried to get a friend to go with him on his little stay at the Lizzie Borden house. This also cracks me up. The first friend he called laughed in his face. <laughs> the second friend that he called to invite hung up on him. Oh my god. <laughs> right. This is why I don't give Archie the option. We're going. Do you want to go? And it would be laugh in my face and then hang up. And so... <laughs> With Archie, you just got to be like, come on, Arch, grab his hand. We're, I've got a terrible idea. Let's go. Yeah. 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 That's Since me. we were littles. Little babies. <laughs> so um, the guy, apparently, while he stayed there, had no experience other than the couple who stayed in a room next door had been arguing late into the night. Uh, the next day, everybody traded stories. No one really had anything happen to them except one couple, the arguing couple. Andrew Shh. was not pleased. Mm, yeah. So the, the woman of the couple that were arguing, she heard what sounded like cracking knuckles coming from under the wardrobe or the, the you know, the dresser. And her husband refused to investigate what it was. <laughs> I'm not a fan of knuckle cracking, but phantom knuckle cracking? I'm not getting on the floor Fuck looking that. underneath this wardrobe. Ish. So anyway, that turns out what the argument was about. Oh they were God. fighting around the middle of the night. Uh, now, Andrew Borden is reported to still be carrying on and conducting his usual business throughout the house. He responds to questions and is actually the most uh, common one caught on EVPs, which I think is really cool. Mm. I'm, such a, I'm such a fan of EVPs. I, I'm such a fan. <laughs> now, Abby Borden is the most commonly seen apparition. Uh, she appears through the home and is even heard yelling from time to time. It's thought to be her death reenacted. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just... That's just awful. No matter how common a paranormal occurrence it is throughout the world, a lot of paranormal activity is is people that were horrifically murdered are in that residual haunting type of thing, and they're on a loop, and their death is just being replayed, which I think is just god-awful. Wow. Yeah. Um, so about a month after renovations were done, um, <laughs> and they were opening it up to make it a bed and breakfast... <laughs> that still just screams bad idea to me. It does, but at the same time, you've got people like me and a ton of our <laughs> listeners that are like, let's book this shit now. <laughs> so after they finished um, renovating the place and restoring it back to the way that it looked in the, when did you say, 1830s? 1890s? Um, 1890s. Uh, you see? Bad at math. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, so about a month after the renovations were done, you... <laughs> You and to this day, you can still it still happens, but you can see an indent on the bed of somebody laying down on it, and it's believed to be Abby's spirit. Um, mists and um, things like that have also been captured in photos taken in the room, and this is the room that the uncle stayed in, that, mm-hmm. that Abby was murdered in and was cleaning after he had gone or done whatever mm-hmm. for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Lizzie's spirit is often seen in the basement, which there's a, a, a more wild claim that she has been seen cleaning the axe that she used to commit the murders with. Hmm. Yeah. I, 
I don't buy this one as much because I'm not convinced she did it. Really? Yeah, I'm not convinced she did it. Interesting. But anyway, apparently that's another thing that people see. Is that okay. If she's not cleaning the axe, she's definitely seen down in the basement, which I guess is where the axe was found. I think. Um, now, paranormal investigators have often, or have also caught evidence of Bridget, the maid. Uh, she's spotted throughout the house, um, as is her cat. People have often felt cold spots and, um, heard the cat meowing. And they've also felt something rubbing, <laughs> rubbing up against their legs the way cats do when, um, no pet is yeah, in the they house. Have a, they have a no pet policy at the bed and breakfast. They do, but when I was looking on their website about the staff, apparently they now have a cat because the cat is listed as part of the staff. <laughs> I thought was kind of adorable. That is adorable. But for the most part, most of the time, up until I guess recently, they didn't have a cat mm-hmm. that, that lived there. Uh, they do now, so maybe it's this cat, maybe it's not. Anyway, Archie's still on Expedia okay. looking for the best <laughs> rates. <laughs> Other com- um, other common occurrences are your your basic door slamming, hearing footsteps, flickering lights. Um, objects do tend to get moved around throughout the home. Whispers are often heard in empty rooms as well. So, as with everything, because this is a supremely haunted house, Ghost Adventures has done an episode here. And as much as I have such disdain for the host, I like the premise of the show. Mm-hmm. I just do. Um, so I meant, that's why I mention it a lot. Anyway, so a couple of their paranormal investigators were in the basement of the Lizzie Borden house during a tour when, um, like an actual tour, uh, not their private tour before their investigation, but an actual tour mm-hmm. of the home. When a woman in the group was suddenly scratched by an invisible entity. Mm. Yeah, I'm not a fan of when they like scratch, touch, or otherwise like physically interact with you. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I'm. Not like, not a fan of that in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like I have been a part of investigations where we caught after the fact an EVP where an entity called one of us in the group a <clears throat> see you next Tuesday. Mm, that wow. terrified me to my very soul. But that was I was safe in my home. I was hundreds of miles away from the location. Like, but <laughs> so, like, to be scratched or like have your hair pulled, I, I, I don't know how I would react to that. It hasn't happened yet. I expect that it will eventually with the investigations we go on. Knock on wood. Mm, but uh, yeah, that would that would freak me out. So anyway, um, the woman was suddenly scratched by an invisible entity. One of the uh, paranormal investigators with the show responded by saying, "Why don't you pick on someone your own size?" Which I don't know why there's so many people that like resort to that like second, third grade schoolyard mm-hmm. sort of you know kind it of. Never thing. really goes away for some people. I guess it doesn't, because I think in Trans Allegheny I was talking about a group that had toured there, and um, one of the girls was bored with the lack of activity, and she was like, "If you don't like what I'm saying, why don't you come over here and stab me?" Mm. And I actually think I used the very same voice <laughs> for those dumbass little fuckers when they talk like this. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <sighs> Archie's still recovered. My lungs are still not at 100%. This plague has lasted. This is, we're going on week four. You realize. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My poor friend Suzette got an ear infection from it. So she had all this and that, too. And then some. (laughs) 
It's just terrible. It's, it's, bad, it's bad this year. Um, so anyway, he said that, why don't you pick, pick on somebody your own size? Eh. Idiot. As he stood by a doorway. After antagonizing the entity, which we adhere at History of a Haunting never, ever, ever recommend. Uh, this particular paranormal investigator was violently shoved backwards. <laughs> Not shocking. No living person... It's key. That's key. No living person had touched him during the incident. Uh, the assault was aggressive enough to leave obvious handprints on his arms. Good. Yeah. So, yikes. Another investigator with the group had set up a camera on the third floor during the investigation, and it was focused on a bed. This is a fucking wild story. Okay. Yeah. I mean... A, a few people had walked into the room, and as they did, the camera inexplic- inexplicably shifted, like it rotated on the stand it was on, mm. to look at them. Right. Oh my God. Archie's face is like, are you fucking with me right now? That's like a doll's head turning. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so they tried to recreate the incident um, in case someone had accidentally pulled a wire or like stepped on something. Some, something it somehow shifted the camera and they couldn't recreate it. Uh, so they couldn't re- reproduce the same effect. After the attempt, they sent the camera back up, and it immediately did the same thing again, turning to face the people standing in the room. Oh, oh my God. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. <coughs> um, no one was near the device, and no explanation has even yet to be found. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. It is really cool, but at the same time, like... No. No, fucking thank you. <laughs> but at the same time... Let's go and do it. See if it'll do it for us. Now, um, one of the tour guides there uh, named Eleanor Thibault, which I butchered your name. I'm super sorry. T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T? Thibault. Thibault? Thibault. Thibault. Okay. Um, She has also (laughs) had a number of experiences inside the basement of this creepy house. She said that one day she had gone down uh, to the basement to get supplies, and as she moved down the stairs, she heard the very distinct sounds of footsteps behind her. I think we can all agree we know what the fuck a footstep sounds like. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. she hears this distinctive sound. When she turned to look, nobody was there, and she promptly said, bye, and exited the basement after um there was a psychic medium that had participated in a seance and um during the seance her vision became really fuzzy and she got very disoriented Hmm. in a seance at the house which also i don't not mm, yeah i don't think i'd need to be present for that i don't know if i need to be present for that um there was this is really kind of cool um there was an nbc news segment that covered the lizzie borden house and it described reports of flashes of energy focused on the couch where andrew had been murdered um, there is a, photo- hmm. uh, a photograph that allegedly shows a bizarre cloud hovering over where he was murdered on that spot on the couch Wow. Yeah, and this isn't like JoeBlowParanormalStories.com. This is an NBC, NBC News segment. News, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there have also been a number of reports of um, people hearing a woman weeping and crying. And the braid, the braid midget. Wow. No, the maid, Bridget. <laughs> <coughs> wow. 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 Oh, God. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> if you love it, snort laugh. 
The br- I did. Did you? I missed it. It was covered up by the horrendous cough. Oh, sorry. Oh my god. The maid. The brave midget. No, the bra- <laughs> I said the braid midget. Close enough. Still. <laughs> that is a horrible fuck up. Oh my god. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Please, please tell me you're keeping it in the episode. Oh, I, I'll leave okay, it. okay. I'll leave it in. Cause... <sighs> Jesus. That are, that's going to make some people's days. <laughs> <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> okay. The maid. Bridget. <laughs> doesn't matter what fucking she does, because it's like. She can be seen. She can be heard screaming for help. Oh. Not that anybody cares anymore oh. after I call oh, her no. the braid midget. The braid midget. Poor thing. The braid midget. Fuck, that is a bad one. That's incredible. <laughs> Yet another tour guide. Let's move past that awkward <laughs> moment. Um, another tour guide has had her own experiences of being touched by an unseen hand, of feeling a tug on her shirt. And hearing whispers spoken in her ear, which is also another thing that I think would be super creepy. I don't know if I could do that. Others have claimed to hear children giggling in the attic bedrooms, which I'm going to circle back, remember that, because there's another story. Oh, jeez. About dead children in this house. Oh, how in the fuck? Mm Mm-hmm. Wait till you hear it. Wait till you fucking hear it. Um, People report feeling extremely uncomfortable in Lizzie's bedroom, more so than any other room in the entire place. Uh, if she didn't do it and she's a ghost, I imagine she's probably pretty fucking pissed that this is her legacy. Right. Right? So I'm sure she's probably not thrilled with this whole state of affairs. Um, Many people have stated that she doesn't actually appear to be a fan of the nursery rhyme about her. Uh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which we played at the beginning of the episode. Um, Because when you sing it in the home, especially in her room... Electronic devices will malfunction. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. I think that's cool. Uh, There is a common overall feeling of sadness that people experience in the home, but honestly, that could just be easily explained by just knowing about what happened in the house and the history. Don't you think? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think either one of us should do this while we're there, but countless people have closed their eyes in the the room that Abby Borden died in. Mm Mm-hmm. And they stood on the spot where she died. They all report feeling as if someone shoved them or pushed them on the back. And others feel a force coming through the floor that tries to trip them on that side of the bed. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Won't be staying in that room. Uh, yeah, I don't, um, I don't think so. I don't think we should. Uh, but there was a report, um, one of the stories of the owner when they were converting it into a bed and breakfast, she said that she was sleeping downstairs in the living room, the parlor. I'm not really sure what they're calling it or whatever, but she was sleeping downstairs and she looked toward the doorway and sort of the, um, the area where the stairs that goes upstairs. Mm -hmm. And there's, I guess there's, um, a coat rack or something in that doorway. Well, the home was completely dark. It was the middle of the night. And she kind of woke up and she saw the, sh- the shadows collected in that landing area as you go up the stairs. Mm. 
but she was able to make out what some of the shadows were. So she's like, okay, that's the coat rack. That's a hat. That's, you know, that's the shadow from the chandelier in the room that I'm in. Like she was able to make out what the shadows were. Okay. So as she was like, okay, I know what this is. Um, one of the shadows darted up the staircase. Oh God. Mm hmm. This is the owner. And she was like, that was the first time that I was like, okay, place is yours. And she got up and left the mm-hmm. house for the night. Yep. Like, have you done that? Like, I've done that. Like, I wake up and I'm be like, what is that? Oh, wait, that's the, that's the lamp and the neck of the, oh, I get it. Okay. So she was able to kind of sort out in the dark as her eyes adjusted to the dark, what shadows belong to what object. When all of a sudden one of them ran up the staircase. Just moved. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Nope. Mm-mm. So much nope. But also, yes, let's go. <laughs> Fuck all the nopes. Okay. So here are um, a couple of accounts from folks that have um, stayed at the at the um, the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast. One person said that when they were about 16 years old, um, or I guess this was one of the owners. Yeah, because it, it used to be somebody's home prior to... Mm. Becoming a bed and breakfast. Okay. So that, I'm sorry, that's what this is. This is the girl who lived there. She says, when I was about 16 years old, and this is a quote, I was in my bedroom reading a book, and above my room I could distinctly hear footsteps and the sound of, like, marbles being played, and it almost sounded like little children's laughter. I went up the stairs, and the window at the end of the second floor corridor just began opening and slamming shut. It was just violently going up and down. I just got the creepy crawlers at that time. There was another instance. Yeah, I'd get the get the fuck out. <laughs> That's the 2020 version of the creepy crawler. The, the window at the end of the hall is opening, opening and slamming violently mm-hmm. by unseen hands. Mm-hmm. No, you just get the fuck out. Yeah, you just leave. I came I came down with a case of the get the fuck out. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, there was another account of where they said a shadow, sort of like a silhouette floated maybe about four inches above the floor. It, they could tell it was a woman, um, and they could also tell it was in old Victorian clothes. Ain't none of us wearing that puffy skirt shit today. <laughs> anyway. So the person turned around and ran back up the stairs. The experience really frightened them, and that actually made their hair stand on end, like a shadow that you could see the silhouette of In the three floor. dimensions. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um... Another person said that they arrived to work at work to start cleaning the house and they were on their last room. They had made the bed and cleaned and dusted everything. When they turned around, there was, again, the perfect impression of a body laying on the bed. Hmm. The indent was in the pillow and in the bed. Wow. Yeah. Which annoys me. When I make my bed and I the dog... I just made that fucking bed. Seriously. When I make my bed and the dogs jump up on it and then they get down and I'm like, I just made that. <laughs> Are you kidding or even if, like, Koi comes in and he wants to BS and he flops down on my bed, I'm like... Oh, I just made that. Really? God. Yeah. So, um, I'd feel pretty bitter about that if I, if I worked there. <laughs> um, there was another account that said somebody was sitting in the parlor and they were on the phone. This strange feeling had come over them, like a very eerie feeling. You know, we've talked about that feeling mm-hmm. before. The, yeah. Just the vibe where you're like, alert, alert, alert. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, when they looked up to the kitchen door, they saw that all this smoke was coming out of the kitchen, like this foggy smoke. Huh. Yeah. Um, and they thought to my, they, she, the quote says, I saw, um, and I thought to myself, 
Well, that's strange. If I saw smoke coming out of my kitchen, I'd be more alarmed than felt like it was weird. Something in the kitchen right. is on it's fire. Like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, they thought it was strange because there wasn't anybody in the kitchen cooking. So why would all the smoke be coming out? The way it traveled, it was very slow the way it traveled until it got to the sofa. Where Mr. Bur- Borden was essentially hacked to death. Right. Yeah. And it just dissipated once it got to the sofa. Hmm. Uh, the person says, I know I saw something, and I know that it was out of this world. It wasn't from this world, that's for sure. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, another um, location that I got some of my information from is Reddit, which I love. Oh, it's Reddit. a great resource. It is a great resource. It's also fucking hysterical. Oh, yeah. It and Tumblr. <coughs> man, I could fucking, I could read those, those all day. So, here are some Reddit user experiences. One person says, a bunch of us were hanging out in the parlor, and the closed door to the dining room started violently rattling after a girl kept referring to Andrew Borden as Andrew and not Mr. Borden. Huh. Yeah. Uh, According to their tour guide, Andrew Borden was not a fan of women referring to him by his first name. Oh. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Hello? Feminism? Excuse me. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) He died in the 1800s. Yeah. Anyway. That's a problem. Yeah. Another uh, Reddit user said that their friend got a gigantic and all-consuming whiff of smoke in their room on the third floor while she was changing into her pajamas. Apparently, they had a housekeeper that lived up there who was a chain smoker. Oh. Yeah. This guy died in the 90s before the house was open for overnight guests. So it's not just the boring... It's not just Mm -hmm. hundred-year-old hauntings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like you said, sometimes you just can't escape middle management. Apparently, sometimes you just can't, you know... Remember when you said that? That was super funny. Like, I'd love that. Apparently this guy couldn't either. Here's, okay, okay, here's what's going to lead into uh, something super crazy. Um, this other Reddit user said, I saw a baby crawling and staring at me. Woke up at 3 a.m. in the morning and found the baby, the crawling baby right in front of my doorstep staring at me. I was thundered. Now let's talk about those children I mentioned a minute ago. Okay. Okay. <coughs> Apparently next door, and this isn't in my notes, this is just me, my recollection, my memory of knowing about the place and, and, <coughs> and stuff that I've read. Apparently next door to the home or within the very, very close proximity of the home, there was a family and they were somehow connected to the Bordens. I don't know if they were distant relations or what have you, but they were somehow connected. Okay. You're going to hate this, Arch. You're just really going to hate it. Yeah. So uh, it was one of those situations where it was a husband, a wife, and their children. And while the husband was at work, the wife drowned her children. In- <sighs> mm-hmm. And they were all very young. And then she committed suicide. I believe she committed suicide. If I'm incorrect on that, listeners let me know. But she definitely killed her children. Oh, my God. So the, the, the working belief is that... Because of that horrific death, I, those children are ha- now haunt the Borden house. They're, because they're linked. It, yes. And it's sort of, you know, they're Teens, linked. Teens that off was, each other. Exactly. That's like the best way to put it. So that's where this the children come in. I could go into way more detail, but the look on your face is telling me do not fucking dare. Anyway. So yeah. 
Okay, um, moving on. Moving on. Uh, so that <clears throat> is why the children are there. Um, another Reddit user said they caught an EVP of a woman humming in the dining room, and they heard a disembodied male voice. Uh, <laughs> this couple. Uh, I'm sorry, this is couple goals. This is couple goals. <laughs> oh, God. It, it, it really is. This couple spent one night of their honeymoon there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I pray for your future husband. I know, you should. <laughs> um, so they said that they spent one night of their honeymoon there, and it was really cool. I love these people already. I hope they're still married. Apparently, um, one of them experienced several things, but her husband only heard one thing. She's a little bit more sensitive to this kind of stuff than him, not so much. Apparently, the basement has a crazy weird vibe about it. Uh, they did stay in the Bridget Sullivan room, uh, which is the maid's room. The maid's room. Right. And they could hear kids' voices in their ears in the middle of the night. <laughs> I think as a parent, I, that wouldn't, I wouldn't think anything of it as so much. I think if you were to hear it, you'd be like, what the fuck is that? <coughs> or, you, a, or a newlywed couple on their honeymoon. What the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Two more Reddit stories. Uh, one says, hey, I stayed the night there and crazy shit went down. Doors opening on their own, doorknobs rattling like I could see and hear it moving, voices, knocking, footsteps, a lamp turned on in my room while I was looking at it and I was the only person in the room all in one night. Loved that place. Wow. Yeah. And then the last Reddit, um, the last story that I have of the Lizzie Borden house and the last of my paranormal um, bit about this place is they said that that they spent a night in the John Morse room, who was the uncle. Right, the guest room. The guest room where Abby Borden was killed. It's called the John Morse room. Mm -hmm. Um, He said that the house is super creepy. They got no physical experiences, but got some good EVPs of Andrew Borden and spirit box recordings. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. So... That's what I have as far as the hauntings um, that I found were the most fascinating hauntings at the Lizzie Borden house. Wow. There's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, um, a lot of stuff that's uh, unsubstantiated. There's, I thought that the owner's account of that shadow darting up the stairs was probably the most fascinating. Oh, man. And terrifying. Um, so that's what I have for the hauntings of the Lizzie Borden house. I do... Um, Wow. Yeah. So let's get into my fun facts, uh, which there there are a couple. Um, one of them was um, that uh, it was Eliza Darling Borden was the woman. Um, she was the wife of, of Lizzie Borden's great-grandfather, who actually was the one who murdered her three children. Oh. Yeah. Next door. Next door. She dropped him down a well. I, 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 I was telling that story off my memory, but she actually dropped him down a well. I probably should have. Just stuck with my fun facts instead of interjecting somewhere else. Wow. And then she committed suicide. So. um, That's bleak. It's very bleak. Very bleak. Let's talk more about human hair. Oh, no. Why? Because. Why? It's a fun fact. No. It is. It's not. One unique Victorian custom was designing jewelry and artwork in remembrance of a deceased person. Oh, God. Victorians. I know. Why? <laughs> just, I mean, if you have one question for Victorian era, why? <laughs> why what? The big poofy dresses? The human hair? The All of it. 
grieving for the rest of your life. Posing with dead family members for photos after they're dead. Death photo, death masks were. Oh. Well, no, death masks were more of a big thing in the 1600s. Oh my god. So, a Victorian custom was designing jewelry and artwork in remembrance of a deceased person, often incorporating human hair from the dearly departed. This includes um, porcelain dolls that were made in the likeness of the children, and the hair would be made from the hair that of the deceased child. That explains a lot about haunted dolls. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. There is, and we're going to put it up on all of our social media and our website, is a picture frame from the 1800s that is a perfect example of the artwork that Lizzie Borden herself once adored, also created from the hair follicles of death. God. So if this was some kind of, like, example of artwork that she adored, she's not really helping her case. No. She's not really helping Mm -hmm. her case. Some things in the home to add to the wildly creepy feel of the place include replicas of the 19th century autopsy tables that they were said to have been autopsied on. It is also said that they were autopsied there in the home's dining room. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Also, when we go there, they have exact replicas of their skulls and the damage each sustained on display in the home as well. Oh, charming. We will also put that photo on it. Oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> this is so fucking disturbing, and I cannot wait to see it. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait. <clears throat> also, photos of the crime scenes are displayed throughout the house. Uh, visitors can enjoy an informative chat about the sadistic murders while eating a breakfast of Johnny Cakes and Mutton Broth, <laughs> which was the same meal Abby and Andrew Borden ate on their final day. There is also an antique stove tracing back to the early 1900s that's used for cooking breakfast for overnight guests at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast Museum, which is very similar to the one that they actually used in their home. Okay. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. Um, You can also see a replica dress from the filming of The Legend of Lizzie Borden movie. Okay. The dress and the movie were both made in 1975. As odd as it may sound, Elizabeth Montgomery, do you know who she is? Uh, Tabitha. Yes. No. Yes. Uh, Samantha. Bewitched. Bewitched. Yay. Oh, I'm so happy. I didn't really didn't think you'd know that. <laughs> I used to watch Bewitched um, every morning before school, uh, right after I Dream of Jeannie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember. Ah, uh, 80s kids. Aren't we the best? Yeah. Anyway, so the dress and the movie were both made in 1975. As odd as it may sound, Elizabeth Montgomery, who played Samantha from Bewitched TV show, she also is the actress that plays Lizzie Borden, was found to be six cousins once removed from Lizzie Borden. So guess what, Becky? Oh. You're also related to Elizabeth Montgomery. That's awesome. Boom. 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 <laughs> Love it. I have some um, breaking news that I've been saving for the end of this episode. History of the Haunting has more than likely solved this cold case murder. What? Yes. Becky. My friend. Yeah. Who is eighth cousins once removed? Cousins with Lizzie Borden. Right. Confirms that great, 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 great 50 times cousin Lizzie Mm -hmm. was probably innocent. I'm going to take that as fucking ironclad. (laughs) Because I don't, I'm not totally sold on the fact that she did it. I'm just not. Breaking news. Breaking news. She's probably innocent. Direct from one of her ancestors. Oh my Christ. Yeah. Oh God. 
You heard it here first, guys. Okay, yeah. Anywho. Anyway. Anyway. When you go to visit the Lizzie Borden house, they did a fucking hysterical thing over Christmas, Archie, where visitors could have their picture taken on the death sofa with an actress dressed up as Lizzie Borden and guess who else? Krampus. Oh my god. I know. Uh, they god, do it's have... like like when memes collide. It is. Ugh. They were like, have your picture taken with Lizzie and Krampus. And I was like, in my notes I wrote, L-M-A-O-O-O-O-O-O. Oh my god. I loved it. Um, they also have a gift shop there at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast that sells all the things that gift shops sell. Remember when we were wondering what the Velisca Axe Murder House gift shop would sell? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's probably very similar to this. Some of the things include shot glasses, beanies embroidered with the word Lizzie on them, t-shirts that read I survived at the I survived a night at the Lizzie Borden house. Oh Jesus. Keychains, um, those you know those Bradford Exchange porcelain collectible home things. Yeah. Yeah, of the home. Oh jeez. Lip balm. Oh my god. Coffee mugs, books, DVDs, etc. Every movie about Lizzie Borden is you can buy on DVD at the gift shop. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, for more information and to book a reservation, also at Maplecroft 2, you can visit lizzie-borden.com. The home in the bed and breakfast is located at 230 2nd Street in Fall River, Massachusetts, 02721. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and give them a call at area code 508 675 7333. It is located about an hour south of Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, there are room rates. You can book the Lizzie and Emma suite for $275 a night. The Andrew and Abby suite is $300 a night. The John V. Morse room where Abby was murdered is $300 a night. The Bridget Sullivan room, the maid's room, not the braided midget's room. Not the braided midget. Jesus. <laughs> which is on, oh, there he goes, which is on the third floor is $250 a night. Here's what made me laugh most about all these rooms. The Andrew Jennings room is $250 a night. Do you know who he is? No. He was Lizzie's defense lawyer. Oh. <laughs> there is also the Hosea Knowlton room for $250 a night. Do you know who she is? Um, against. Per- the, prosecutor. The DA. The DA. Of Southern Massachusetts for her trial. Jeez. Fascinating. Wow. Um, I did check their availability calendar, and they are booked up pretty good through March. Uh, you can find a couple of one-night stays on Friday or Saturday, but mainly it's a pretty hopping place, and it does have a five-star review on TripAdvisor. Of course. Yes. Now, if you don't want to spend the night there, if you don't um, have the stones to spend the night there, you can take tours. It is $22 per person, kidged, kidged. Kidged? You're having trouble today. It's the wine. Oh. I don't have enough of it. <laughs> Kids age 7 to 15 are $17. Six and under are free. Uh, museum tours are every hour on the hour from 10 a.m. till 3. Seven days a week, 363 days a year. Closed on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. The tour is approximately 50 minutes long. Guests staying at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast receive a complimentary tour of the house, which is more involved with more information, and is approximately an hour and a half long. The overnight guest tour starts at 8 o'clock, does not include the basement, which is not, or it does include the basement, rather, which is not part of the day tours. So if you're staying there, you can poke around the basement. And that is what I have on the infamous haunted location of the Lizzie Borden house. Wow, that's great. That is great. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. 
so yes, Becky, we really want to thank you so much for the location suggestion. It was on our list, but I think it was a little further down. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, uh, Arch, let's tell all the folks where they can find us. We can be found at H-O-A-H Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It also happens to be our Gmail mm-hmm. email mm-hmm. address. Yes. Uh, our website at H-O-A-H-Podcast.com. Oh, yeah. And please consider donating to our Patreon. Yes, um, please. Patreon donors get episodes early, early release of the episodes, a bunch of fun history of a haunting bingo cards and all that fun stuff and that is patreon.com h-o-a-h podcast and archie remind me again what is the donation level called it's hashtag fuck you carrie for making it hashtag snort laugh team snort hashtag laugh. team snort laugh <laughs> five dollars a month five dollars mm-hmm. if you choose to donate more that is always appreciated always appreciated um but yeah, uh, $5 a month, and so that is it. We really want to thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and if you will please uh, indulge us and listen to our um, network, podcast, independent podcast network that we belong to, that we're very, very proud to belong to, Pod All The Time Podcast Network, yes. and as always, Love Heals Rescue. They do such a tremendous job. Um, giving animals that deserve a second chance a better life. So thanks so much. Yes, most definitely. We are going to do a double recording, so we're going to stop here and record the following week's episode. Our live studio audience will be joining us for this one. We are going to see you next week with Hampton Court Palace. Bye, Bye, guys. Love Heals Rescue is a nonprofit organization that believes every dog in need deserves a second chance at a new life. Love Heals wants to partner with the community to help as many dogs as possible find loving homes, while also helping dogs in need in the area, such as providing a last litter program where the mother dog is fixed and returned or adopted, and all of the puppies are fixed, examined by a vet, microchipped, and adopted out to help with the overpopulation of dogs in the area. Love Heals Rescue cannot continue to help the community without a dedicated foster network. Please consider becoming a foster. You can find them on Facebook by searching Love Heals Rescue. Help Help us us be be a part part of the solution. History of a Haunting is proud to be a member of the Pod All the Time Podcast Network. Pod All the Time Podcast Network is a community of independent podcasts, just like ours, dedicated to supporting and promoting podcasts. Pod All the Time has really great podcasts in its network, such as A Fresh Look, Another Digital Citizen, Round and Round the Podcast, Raw Sex, Rock Up, as well as The Creative Intuitive, Real AKA Truth, Random Unnamed Podcast, Three Peas Up in a Podcast, Suburban Folk, and I Think We're Doing It. Find them wherever you get your podcasts.